Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God, Amen. Blessed Sunday morning to all. By God's grace, we just read the second to last Sunday Gospel of the year. This is the second to last Sunday in the Catholic Church year. It's the fourth Sunday of the Blessed Month of Mystery. And this Sunday and next Sunday, the Gospels are very similar. This Sunday, we read the Gospel. It's one of the longer Gospels that we read from the Gospel according to our Peter St. Mark, chapter 13. And next week we will read from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 24. And if we read all the, the Pauline epistle, the Catholic epistle, um, all the different readings this week and next week, then we will get a summary of the end of times and what will happen at the end of times. And many of the statements that were made in today's Gospel that our Lord Jesus Christ made to his disciples were made concerning the end of times, the end of the world, but also concerning the destruction of the Temple in Jerusalem. That's why in one of the statements, lest it confuse somebody, it says that this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place, speaking of the destruction of Jerusalem. So all of the different signs that our Lord Jesus Christ, we can try to summarize them in four different groups. Because the purpose of this, before we mention them, is that at the end of the church year, the church is reminding us, just like it does at the end of every day, that our lives will end. And sometimes we don't like to think about that. Sometimes the world causes us to neglect that fact so we can continue living in the world. So we can continue just focusing on what is here and now. And part of us needs to be responsible. Of course, we all, not just part of us, our entire beings responsible for what we have here and now, the graces we've been given here. However, to neglect the fact that this world will end and that everything in this world that we are pursuing now will come to an end, and that all that will be left of us is our love for God and our love for our neighbor, this would be the greatest detriment to our faith and to our life with God. We believe in the resurrection of the dead. And St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he speaks about our faith being futile. If we trust in Christ only for this life, we are of all men, St. Paul says, it's a scripture verse that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, we are of all men the most pitiable if we trust in Christ just in this life. But we believe in an eternal life. So these are the signs that we're supposed to be aware of that would happen. So four different groups of signs. First are events that are affecting all people. Difficult natural tribulations, difficult things that are happening all around the world. Fearful events. So our Lord Jesus Christ speaks of troubles, wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, it says in today's gospel, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give us light. The stars of heaven will fall and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. The powers, the elements, the precise measurements that are in the sky, that are all around us in the air and in gravity, all these different things, things will be shaken. And we get a little taste of that here every single year in Florida. And it's not just in Florida, but all around the world, you will not find a place that does not have some sort of recurring natural disaster, some sort of oppressive aspect of nature whether it's extreme heat or it's extreme cold or it's certain tornadoes or it's windstorms, whatever it may be. Reminder every year of hurricanes. And it reminds us, these are little experiences and they're always going to be happening. But when we see all these things in the end of times, there will be many, many of these things happening. The powers of heaven will be shaken, our Lord says. So the first group is events that happen to all. The second are many personal struggles many personal struggles. So our Lord Jesus Christ says immediately after this, he says, watch out for yourselves. Watch out for yourselves. There will be lawlessness in society. There will be pressures on us. We spoke about this yesterday morning for those 
who were with us and those who attended through uh, the internet. Lawlessness in society, the injustice in society. Our Lord Jesus Christ reminds us there will be betrayal of those who are closest to us. And we know that many times there are, there are sins that can happen on a regular basis, unfortunately, in society. But when it happens from someone that we have a deep and intimate relationship with, it hurts much more. We're much more aware of that sin. It hurts much more because of the love that we have. And so our Lord Jesus Christ is warning us, all of these relationships that we have, they're all for our relationship with God, to build our relationship with Him. And sadly, as sadly it is to hear, these, there will also be betrayals, there will also be hatred in, the, in these relationships. And so it causes us to examine, what are we doing in our relationships? Are they leading us to Christ? Or are they simply something for here and now? So the first is events that affect the entire world, like wars and rumors and natural disasters like famines and earthquakes. Second, our personal struggles that we have in our lives. Third, our temptations to run after material things in this life. Temptations to attach ourselves to this world. Uh, there's there's a, a saying that I remember an uh, elderly lady used to say, she would say, we don't have roots that are establishing us here. There's no roots on our feet that are attaching us to the ground. But sometimes we create those roots. We, we extend our lives to be so attached to things in this world that if things start to shake just a little bit, we get frustrated, and then we get anxious, and we get tired very easily. We get weary very easily. We have, as we spoke last night, all the things in this world, all material things can be made part of our relationship with God. But we have to be mindful that we're not attached to the material things and the things of this world, but rather we are attached to God through them. So our Lord Jesus Christ says concerning this in today's gospel, let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house. In the time that our Lord Jesus Christ is speaking culturally, there was a housetop, like a flat rooftop, and people would, there would be stairs to go up to that rooftop, and there may be activities, or, or people would, would take retreat there, they would raise animals, they would raise things, and until now in Egypt, uh, and um, in many third world countries, they have this uh, type of basket, even in America in some places. So our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, there's other stairs that go from there straight down to go out, out of the house, not to go back into the house. So our Lord Jesus Christ is saying, let him who is on the housetop not go down into the house, nor enter to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. It's as if our house is burning down, let's say. He's speaking about many different wars, many different tribulations outside. But we can imagine it very simply, our house, God forbid, is, is burning. We have to be mindful of the fact that there may be important things in our house that we want to preserve. But our life must be more valuable. The life of those who are around us at that time must be more valuable. We cannot go and run in there for things. And it's a question for all of us. One time there was a monk in a monastery and he was asking this question to another monk and he was saying, what would we want to save if, if our cell, the monk has, has died to the world. And yet he's asking very legitimately, what would we want to save from ourselves, if our, if our room was burning down. And we can all think to ourselves, what is it that is so precious to me? I'm not talking about the documents and things that, that are personal documents that would be difficult for us to retrieve. We know those things. But what are things that we're attached to that we would say to ourselves, like, I really want to keep that? So one thing that this particular monk said was his laptop. Why? Not for the sake of the laptop itself. I mean, there wasn't a cloud, I guess, at the time that much. Um, and it's something to think about whenever we're wanting to save any and everything and put a second and a third backup. It's not wrong, don't get me wrong. 
but it's something to remind us. Okay, I remember spending about two, two hours, I'm not good with technology, so I, I, I spent like two hours with the Apple representative trying to understand the cloud and, and how I can make sure that my contacts and things are backed up. But then I said to myself at the end of the conversation, how much time do I spend on eternity on a regular basis thinking and focusing on what I'm retrieving and making sure is saved up for me in eternity? So, but in the situation with, with the monk that he was speaking to another monk, he was saying like, there's so much that I, whether it's meditations, whether it's um, uh, Bible studies, whether it's information I've gathered, whether it's books that I've read, digital things, all of it's on my laptop, essentially talks that I've given, things that I've thought about, all the different tribulations and things he likes to write, the different notes that he's gathered about different subjects. And then he asked the other monk, and he was saying, doesn't matter to me. Like, he, the other monk was, was rebuking him. He was saying, I had, like, whatever I have in me is what matters. If I need to retrieve something, he, he was, may God bless him, he, he, he he, he felt that whatever I have saved inside of me in my relationship with God, it's there. If God wants me to remember it, I'll remember it. And that's a, that's a high level. But again, this is just all to make us think, what are the things that we're attached to in this life? That it doesn't have to be the end of the entire world, but as we see around us in society constantly, it doesn't matter when we're talking about this subject. There will always be situations and circumstances around us to remind us that death can come at any moment. And that's not supposed to be a morbid thought. That's supposed to be a joyful thought. In the church calendar year, these last two weeks are supposed to be focusing on what we say at the end of the creed. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the age to come. Because the readings of the church year, if someone wanted an exercise to do, it's the end of the church year. You, go, you can go through the Sunday readings and they're, they're lessons essentially on the creed. The love of God the Father, the grace of His only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion and gift of the Holy Spirit, and the work of the church, and the apostles in the church. So the last two weeks are supposed to be telling us, we, like we cry out in every liturgy, like we're going to cry out now when we begin the liturgy, we look for the resurrection of the dead and life of the age to come. We say the rest of the creed normally, but this is our focus in this life, that any and everything here we're building up for the kingdom of God. So our Lord Jesus Christ is reminding us let not him who is in the field go back to get his clothes. And St. James's epistle today, it reminded us, it says, your gold, he's rebuking people, and he's saying, your gold and silver are corroded. So for us, at the end of our life, our opportunity for us to use the gold and the silver and the different gifts, whether mental or whether physical gifts or our time or our energy, that's all done at the end of our life. We will no longer have an opportunity to use it for the glory of God and to store up in heaven. He says, St. James, indeed the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. So someone is doing a job for me, he's mowed my field, he's done a responsibility for me, and I'm supposed to pay them. They have wages, and I'm keeping them back by fraud. That, could, that doesn't have to be someone doing a job for me physically in my home, but it could be someone doing something kind to me, and just me thanking them, just me encouraging them, just me... Um, being mindful of the fact that this person has put effort for me, or for my sake, even if it's just a material thing. But on the flip side also, it could be a sinful thing that I am taking advantage of people, whether for wealth, for prosperity, for position, for honor, for myself. Fourthly, the fourth group that our Lord Jesus Christ is telling us things that will happen, there will be falsehood. 
So first we spoke about events that affect everybody, wars, rumors of wars, famines, natural disasters. And then we said many personal struggles, temptations from society and different ideologies that will be pressuring us internally. We have desires and they're pressuring us from inside. And we see these increasing in the end of times. Thirdly, we said um, to run after material things. What are the things, the material things that I'm attached to specifically that I would want to be attached to this world and not be ready to travel to my eternal life? And fourthly, falsehood. Falsehood. So wars against the truth and against faith. Because our Lord Jesus Christ said there will be false teachers and false Christs. And people that are pretending to be Christ or people that are pretending to be part of the story of salvation and, and being deceitful. So we have a responsibility to be grounded in the truth lest we be deceived. And we know that if we do a simple search online, we'll find, I, I remember, I did it a while back, about 100, 150 different times, I'm sure there's many more, that people legitimately said, Christ is coming on this day. Because many of the world religions are looking for a time in which the Messiah, whether it's Christ or it's somebody else, is coming and that will be the end of the world. And so, many people have tried to predict this, but our Lord Jesus Christ is reminding us, nobody knows the day and the hour. Nobody. And even in his humility as a human being, he says the Son does not know only the Father. Truly, of course, the Logos of God, the Son, does know. And St. Cyril explains that to us. However, in his humanity, he says he does not know. It says, in those days there will be tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of creation, which God created until this time, nor ever shall be. And then our Lord Jesus Christ is giving us hope. He begins to give us hope. He says, unless the Lord has shortened those days, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he chose, he shortened the days. By God's grace, we pray and we know that the, that the days will be shortened. We have hope in the Lord's mercy. And he says, he gives us hope, he says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Our endurance, our struggle in this life, it is, it is very valuable to God. God knows every war that goes on in our minds. Many times we think of just sins, that God knows all the thoughts, the sinful thoughts that I think. But God knows every time that I struggle against those sinful thoughts. He knows every time that I fall struggling against those sinful thoughts. I'm trying to be watchful. Like he tells us the main commandment of today, take heed, watch, and pray. That is the solution. He knows how much I'm struggling to be watchful. I get distracted during the liturgy. And yet he knows that I'm struggling to not be distracted. I get distracted in work. I get tempted to be deceitful in this matter. I get tempted to say an extra word here or to, to burst out in anger. And he knows that I'm struggling to hold myself and my composure and to be faithful and to be patient, to be calm. He sees the struggle inside of me, even if externally I fall. He knows how much I struggle. Only God is aware of how much I internally struggled before I committed a particular sin or how much I neglected. But many times we, we lose track of the fact that our Lord knows all the good thoughts we're trying to think. And our Lord Jesus Christ he, he's giving us hope through the Psalms today. He says, the heaven, we are praying to God, sorry. We're praying to God and we're saying, the heavens are yours. So all these things, the natural disasters, the temptations from inside, the, the attachments to this life. He said, we are calling to God and we're saying through Psalm 89, the heavens are yours, O Lord. The earth also is yours. The world and all its fullness, you have founded them. The north and the south, you have created them. Strong is your hand and high is your right hand. That the Lord is in control of all things. He knows and he is waiting for us to struggle and to be ready for these times. He's extending this period of time. 
that we may know. Just like he extended the time of the Old Testament until we realize that we cannot save ourselves. So we need the Savior of the world. We need the Lord Jesus Christ to come and save us. So also in this life, he's extending this time. He gives us time in this life. He gives us opportunities. He gives us disasters happening around us that we may recognize that this world will end, that everything here is futile. St. Paul tells us today as well, he says, May the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. Why? Why does St. Paul says this? He continues, he says, So that he, Christ, the Lord, may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And our Lord Jesus Christ reminds us, No one knows the day nor the hour. Take heed, watch, and pray. St. Athanasius, the Apostolic, he says, who, if they knew the day of the end, would not disregard the interval? If I knew that Christ was coming next week, I may get worried when I first find out, but I may find myself delayed until three days from now, and then until the next day. And even more so, if I know that he's coming 10 years from now, my life will end 10 years from now. That's why one time a monk was tempted by this thought and he was a very faithful uh, struggle in the Christian life and the devil came and said to him don't be so austere don't struggle so much you still have another 25 years to live and the monk responded wisely and he said 25 years I thought I had 50 years to live so I must struggle all the more now we don't know when the end will come and again, it is not a matter of fear, but our Lord Jesus Christ is saying to us in today's gospel, take heed, see I have told you all things beforehand. Take heed, watch and pray. And so concerning prayer, let us bless all the things that we do with prayer. At the very least, let us take the, the, the precept that is in Proverbs, Proverbs 18 verse 10, says the name of the Lord is a tower of strength. The righteous run to it and are safe. Repeating the name of the Lord, repeating the Jesus prayer, my Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. My Lord Jesus Christ, be with me. Bless the Lord this endeavor. I see an accident on the road, my Lord Jesus Christ, be with them. I'm going into a project at work, my Lord Jesus Christ, be with me. I see a little child, Lord, grant them the grace to be raised in the fear of you. I see people wearing masks all around. I say, God, teach me to control my mouth. Teach me, O oh Lord, to guard myself from the sin that is all around me that I can get infected with. Anything that I see around me, I transfer into prayer. And as the, the, the early monastic father said, the first verse in Psalm 69, in the Igbeya 70, in the, in the New King James Version, says, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. To repeat this, Lord, make haste, O God, to deliver me. There are so many different thoughts that are going through my mind. I'm distracted. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. I'm, I'm traveling through traffic, and, and I see things that are tempting me. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. I don't know what decision to make in this particular matter. And I cry out from Psalm 40, 142, teach me, O Lord, to do your will, for you are my God. And to repeat these short prayers, and they're all coming from the scriptures, they're all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And as we mentioned last night also, the saints prayed these, the prophets prayed these, the apostles prayed these psalms in this scripture, they knew these words. And this is how they would pray to God. And the Lord delivered them. That's why we can say the name of the Lord is a tower of strength. The righteous run to it and are safe. Just like when a hurricane hits or anything comes, we look for a shelter that we will be protected from. 
And the shelter is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our hiding place. He is our rock that we hide behind. And all the waves that come, they are unable to touch us because we are in Him. We hide in Him. And we allow Him to be the one to guide us and let our mind be as His mind. To take the Spirit of Him, to have His Holy Spirit convict us of the things that are going on in our life, that we can change the attachments that we have in this life, that we can work on. We're not going to be perfect overnight, nor may we ever be perfect in this life. But by God's grace, He can see us as perfect. Because in all the beauty of this world, when we look, especially in Florida, we have lots of beautiful nature. We look at this beauty outside, and we say that the sun is going to be darkened, the moon will not give us light, all the stars of heaven are going to fall, all this will be destroyed. All this that we see as beautiful, when we go and we look at a sunset, when we go and look at the sunrise, we see this beauty. And yet in all this beauty, St. Augustine one time, he, he was crying out and saying he wanted to know God. So he asked the trees, are you God? And they said no. And he asked the, the sun and the moon, and, and they said no. And he asked a different creation. And he felt that the creation was telling him, we are not God, but it is he who created us. And then St. Augustine said, Lord, all of creation teaches me to love you. All of creation guides me to you and says, I love you, God. All this beauty will be taken away. And yet in all of this beauty, God wants us to realize there is nothing more beautiful than the human soul. And what happens to our soul when we allow ourselves to be attached to the things of this world and not be in communion with God, to not be able to connect with Him at any given time. Not that we're going to be mentally aware and I'm praying a psalm to Him, but I'm aware that He's with me in my with my family when I'm just spending time by ourselves. I'm aware that He's with me when I'm on my way to work. I'm aware that He's with me certainly in the church when we're gathered together, when we're going out to eat, when we're taking a walk, when we're playing sports. He is with me. And to keep that communion, there's a beauty to the way of life, what we look at in this world. Everything shines and everything is more natural when we see God in this life. Yes. tribulations in this life these are all reminding us these things will happen but Christ is reminding us stay with me because the verse that's being mentioned now Philippians 4 4 says rejoice in the Lord so my joy is coming from him my joy is centered on him if I'm relying on the things or even the people in this life to give me joy no the people that are here, I see Christ through them and God's used them for me. I, go, I learn, I grow in my relationship with Him through these people that God has blessed me with. May God grant us to see Him in each and every one of the people that we interact with, in every situation that we see, in the nature that is beautiful around us, and to know that we are the prize creation. All of this nature, all of these things were created for us as human beings. Even the stars and the moon, and the sun, when we see the beauty behind them, 
It is supposed to turn us to God. It's supposed to have us realize the beauty. He is the beautiful one. God is the beautiful one. And in as much as we participate in Him, we ourselves become beautiful creatures of God and are ready for the second coming. And glory be to Him who loves us and is beautiful forever. Amen.